With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Friday, November 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, to uh, very few, uh, few people's surprise, uh, Aaron Judge was named the American League Most Valuable Player on uh, Thursday night uh, by a vote of the Baseball Writers Association of America. Uh, kind of maybe not really a big surprise here that uh, uh, he got 28 of 30 first place votes possible. Uh, the two votes that he didn't get went to Shohei Otani. Uh, they were from the Los Angeles writers uh, and their chapter. Uh, and I think uh, that's probably uh, the, the the way to go there if you were a Los Angeles writer. Uh, there's you know no shame in voting for, for Otani, uh, even though Judge pretty much had the numbers and had the overwhelming sort of momentum uh, to, to, to get the award. Uh, but Otani, you have to recognize that, you know, what you, you saw every day out there on the field with Otani, uh, was, was worthy of at least your vote. Oh yeah, I think, uh, definitely Joe. I mean, (laughs) Otani, what hits, uh, 34 home runs, 95 RBIs, uh, 30 doubles, six triples. And then he goes on the mound and goes 15 and nine, the 2.33 ERA, 28 starts. 219 strikeouts, Joe, in 166 innings. I mean, every 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 season, this guy is is doing something we only thought could be done in uh, video games. So yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, if 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 you or I were covering uh, the Angels, I think we'd probably vote for him first as well. Yeah, it's uh, you know, pretty much the. Uh... Uh, the the only thing you could really do if you're if you're a Los Angeles writer, I, I'm sure that they talked to each other beforehand and, and sort of voted in, in solidarity with each other uh, there. I, I don't think one guy goes off and, and makes a makes the decision there um, as far as, uh, you know, if they were they were going to not vote for judge, I think. Uh, there's there's sort of strength in numbers in that way. If you, if you look at it, if they both vote uh, for Otani, uh, you kind of understand why. And instead of you know just one person uh, denying him a unanimous vote, so uh, something to look at. As far as the Guardians are concerned, Jose Ramirez 
uh, finishes, uh, what, fourth? Yeah, Jose finished fourth. And Andres Jimenez finished sixth. Pretty impressive for Jimenez to finish uh, sixth with with as many votes as he did. But, uh, you know, Ramirez, a fourth-place finish, that, that puts him in the in the top six for, uh, you know, for the last, what, five, six years? Yeah, since 2017, Joe, this guy has finished third, third in 2017, third in 2018, uh, second in 2020, sixth in 2021, and, and fourth this year. I mean, it's a, that's, that's just, the, you know, the, uh, the mark of a, a, a talented, a consistently talented player who, who produces every year. You know, I was looking at some graphics in uh, on on ESPN or MLB Network. I forget which one. And you know, they listed a bunch of guys that that never won a, an MVP, but it finished you know in, in the top ten or the top four multiple times. Guys like Eddie Murray, and uh, you know, kind of Eddie Murray did it like six times. So you know, just because you don't win it doesn't mean you're not a great player. And uh, we certainly have seen that firsthand with uh, Jose. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the way that they've they've done the awards uh, the last several years with, uh, you know, announcing having a week period there where they announced the uh, the three finalists and, and, and uh, you know, I, I, that to me being recognized as a finalist is sort of an award to itself. Just just uh, doing that because we can always say, you know, yeah, a three-time finalist uh, Ramirez has been, uh, you know, for this award, and and that, that's that that pretty much puts you in that category of MVP caliber uh, player year in and year out, and that's where Jose is uh, every year. And now uh, with Jimenez getting those votes, uh, at least getting a, enough, you know, points to be, you know, considered what sixth place there. That's uh, that's not insignificant. I mean, this was a guy who, you know, they recognized uh, he was a two way player, uh, just like Ramirez and and was sort of invaluable to the uh, to the lineup every day for for Cleveland. Uh, just a, a an impressive showing by a young player, Jimenez. Yeah. Uh, he finished six with 141 points, and and Joe he filled up a lot of bo- checked a lot of boxes. He uh, received uh, uh, two third place votes, three fourth place votes, uh, like seven sixth place votes, one fifth place votes, six seventh place votes. Yeah, I, yeah I, then uh, four eighth place votes, a ninth place vote, and a tenth place vote. So, you know, he was he was recognized. As being a you know a big contributor, then then on a lot of ballots, you know throughout uh, throughout the American League, you know the the uh, you know the the voting the guys that voted on the American League, the what two two AL writers from each city, you know really recognized this guy and uh, you know found a spot for him on their ten man ballot. A lot of them did. Yeah, that's uh, you, you know we've all been we've both been through the uh, the process in in these these award categories before. Uh, there are guys that you you run down the list and you say, okay, I have to have him on my ballot somewhere. It's it's just a matter of you know putting him in order where where you want. Uh, and Jimenez, that was the case for him this year. He was named on that many ballots. I think it was it's uh, just goes to tell you what kind of a season he had just overall. Uh, pretty historic for uh, for anybody from a Cleveland second baseman 
uh, to, to anybody in the league, really. Uh, we also had on Thursday, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday night, the announcement of the American and National League uh, Cy Young Award winners, uh, both unanimous this year. Uh, Justin Verlander wins his third in the American League, and Sandy Alcantara wins his first in the National League. Uh, pretty interesting uh, to to see that you know both of the uh, the winners were unanimous votes the first time since 1968 when Bob Gibson and Denny McLean uh, were the the two unanimous winners in uh, in the American and National Leagues. Uh, just uh, you know an impressive showing by both of them. Uh, I, I think out of all of the uh, the, the pitchers that were were vo- that received votes, uh, you know it was it was pretty obvious that that these were the two guys who, were unquestionably, you know, it was it was Verlander and the rest of the field in the American League. Yeah, definitely, Joe. And I, I you voted on that award for the American League Cy Young. Why don't you uh, <laughs> kind of take us through your ballot if you if you would if you would? It was uh, it was pretty easy actually. There uh, at the top, I, I think Verlander uh, was head and shoulders above everybody else. Just the number of wins, the number of. Uh, innings and the number of strikeouts you give a lot of you give a lot of weight to to those uh and then uh my my second place vote went to Shohei Otani uh, uh just like we talked about before uh, to be able to uh, make 28 starts while doing what he was doing at the plate uh, I think was was the most impressive thing for me but also to to lead the American League in uh in strikeouts per nine innings I mean uh, when he was out there, he was he was dominant. Uh, Fifteen and nine, I, I still think has uh, you know more to do with his team's offense around him than it was uh, you know his pitching performance or, or, or you know what he was able to do on the mound. Uh, Alec Manoa got my third place vote. Uh, just uh, consistency throughout the year, I think, from start to finish. Uh, he he was an all star, and even at the end of the year, he was. Uh, was performing and and then uh, and then we got into a little uh, little controversy. Uh, I voted Shane Bieber uh, fourth in the American League, and I voted uh, Dylan Cease uh, fifth uh, from Chicago. Uh, and I caught a little flack from uh, Chicago fans, and I'm still still hearing it. I'm let, <laughs> let's just put it this way, Hoinsey. Uh If if Twitter does decide to go away over the weekend and and get shut down permanently. <laughs> Uh, I won't feel bad about it because it will just be another avenue for uh, Chicago fans that they won't be able to to, to get at me for uh, for voting Bieber <laughs> ahead of uh, Dylan Cease, uh, and and I I'll leave uh, you know I'll leave it at this. Uh, the reason I voted Bieber ahead of Cease was not that they had you know numbers wise the same kind of year. But if you look at the last two months for Bieber and the last two months of the season, uh, you know, maybe the last, say, eight to ten starts for for both pitchers, uh, I think Bieber was the better pitcher down the stretch. Uh, You know, he led the league, he led the American League in innings. And then pretty much every other statistical category, Cease was ahead. But Cease started off really hot and then faded down the stretch. And you know, it, it, they they sort of had opposite. Uh, you were heading in opposite directions, trending the opposite way at the end of the season. And I gave more weight to that. I gave more weight to the pitcher who 
didn't necessarily have the cumulative uh, numbers that were any better. Uh, but at the end of the year, he was the better pitcher, whereas Cease was, you know, fading and his team was fading and he couldn't lead his team to the playoffs the way that Bieber did. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, uh, Cleveland and the White Sox went head to head several times down the stretch. And, uh, you know, the results uh, definitely favored Cleveland and Bieber had a part in that. So did Cease. So I think uh, you're well justified in your uh, in your rankings here, in your vote, in your ballot. Oh, I I have a clean conscience, even though uh, a, a lot of the uh, Chicago fans think I should be uh, wearing a clown wig uh, right now uh, as <laughs> after after seeing the uh, the results, and and that's to be expected. I'm 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 fine with that, but uh, you know it's uh, hopefully the first of many times they can criticize my uh, my decision on on something like that. Uh, I just uh, to me there's there's a little bit more weight given to you know the your starts in August and September. Uh, when your team is fighting for a playoff chance, and 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 you know in those in those starts, Bieber was was much better than Cease. Yeah, yeah all that's right, a good point. So uh, that takes care of the BBWAA awards uh, season. Uh, you know the the Guardians, you know, fared pretty well. I think what Bieber finished seventh in voting uh, in the in the Cy Young. Uh, Tito was the uh, the only Guardians. Uh, winner of a BBWA award this year, but uh, you know, still pretty significant. His third manager of the year award. Uh, Stephen Kwan fared really well in uh, in the the rookie of the year voting. Uh, I just think, you know, it, it's a sign of a, a really good season when you know we're we're still talking about the possibility or the uh, the performance in awards, uh, you know, presentations for a team. You know, this late in November, uh, you know, the year before, uh, we certainly weren't talking about which Guardians were winning and, and, and what awards. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, Jose uh, Ramirez, what picks up a $50,000 bonus for winning a Silver Slugger. And he fi- uh, picks up another $75,000 bonus for his fourth fourth place finish in the MVP voting. So, not only did it help his standing as a player, but it helped his bank account as well. So, you know, that's always nice as well. And uh, the, the sort of the award season will continue on through, I guess, uh, the beginning of December with a, a few more sporadic awards. Uh, Jimenez and Ramirez and Bieber and Classe are all finalists for uh, all MLB awards. Uh, that's the first team and second team award that are, are voted on uh, by fans and and also by you know coaches and and, and other uh, you know uh, people around the game. So uh, those announcements will be made uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, as well as the reliever of the year award uh, and the DH of the year award. Those are coming out uh, next week. So uh, still, uh, still some awards uh, possibilities there. I think uh, Class A is is pretty much a lock for the American League Reliever of the Year. Uh, I saw a poll somewhere uh, where it was a national poll where you know they wanted people to vote on who the who the better reliever was, Edwin Diaz uh, versus Emmanuel Class A, and uh, Diaz was the overwhelming leader in that poll and. You know, aside from a, a catchy trumpet uh, intro, I think uh, 
that's the only area that uh, you know Class A was sort of lacking behind Diaz this year. Uh, uh, it, you know, maybe more strikeouts for Diaz, but certainly more saves, more appearances, uh, more dominance for Class A. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, I agree with you 100%, Joe. I mean, uh, Diaz, um, you know, did have the advantage in strikeouts. I think he struck out over 100 guys in, what, 63 innings. But everything else, you know, favored uh, favored uh, Class A. Class A, you know, led the big leagues in appearances with 77 with, with saves and 42. I think Diaz had, you know, 30, between 30, 33 saves, something like that, you know. So, I mean, you know, I... You know, it, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, obviously, but when you see players every day, you really have, it really gives you an insight into their performance and their, and their, how their performance is linked to the ball club. And, um, you know, without uh, class A, you know, I don't, you know, the, the Cleveland does not have the season it did. And uh, he was, you know, with that bullpen, he, he was the, uh, he was the goal in that bullpen. When the bullpen took the ball with the lead, their goal was to get the ball to a Class A in the ninth inning so he could slam the door, and he just had a, a remarkable season doing that. Yeah, and and I'll say this. You know, Diaz did have more strikeouts than Class A, but uh, I, I firmly believe that if Class A wanted to have 100 strikeouts this past season, he could have had 100 strikeouts this past season. He could have struck out 100 guys. Uh, but the the the, re, the the fact that he didn't strike out 100 guys actually made him the effective closer that he was. He sort of learned that if he pitched to contact, he could get guys out quicker. His his outings could be shorter. Uh, you know, his 10 pitch outings would you know, there would be more of those uh, and, and he would be able to last longer and be more effective. And and even uh, just the way that he attacked guys, getting them to to swing and put the ball in play early. Uh, really helped him and uh, in, in, in just be as effective as he was. I think if he stood out there and, and tried to strike everybody out, I think he would have been a little less effective and probably wouldn't have been uh, the the kind of closer that that the Guardians so desperately needed. Uh, and that's a that's an ego thing. That's a that's a guy recognizing, hey, if I do it a little bit differently, I can be more effective and be uh, you know be that guy for my team and, and class A, because we talked to class A when he was named an all-star, he said, I, all I want to do is go out there and strike guys out. He said he wanted to go out and strike out guys in the national league. And well, he went out there and did it in the all-star game. Uh, so that was, uh, you, you know what his mentality is. Uh, the fact that he was able to, uh, to make that adjustment in his second full season and, and really just become the, the closer that he, he did, uh, it, it's impressive and it, it really speaks a lot about, you know, what he, what he wants to do for this team. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, I like what, uh, as soon as the, uh, Cleveland got into the postseason, you know, Terry Francona became Joe, Joe Torrey and, uh, gave, uh, and started using uh, class a, like, uh, 
you know, uh, Mariano Rivera. I mean, there wasn't, if he got close to a save in the eighth inning, Rivera was, I mean, uh, Class A was going in there, you know, four or five out save. You know, that was, you know, and that shows you how much he was depending uh, and how much he trusted Class A. Yeah, flashes of uh, the t- of 2016 Tito, where uh, he, he was going to ride those guys in the bullpen pretty hard uh, uh, if he got the opportunity, and, and he did. So, uh, also very impressive. So, uh, there you have it for the, the awards uh, so far. And uh, that brings us to uh, today's uh, sort of signi- significance uh, in, you know, uh, the... The non-tender deadline uh, is here, and at eight o'clock tonight, uh, we'll we'll know which Guardians players uh, of the nine who are eligible for uh, free agency are are, are tendered contracts. I, I actually, the entire forty-man roster needs to be tendered uh, contracts. Uh, otherwise, there's uh, they become uh, free agents and get added to that pool. Uh, we have an indication from the club that. Perhaps some uh, some moves are afoot. Maybe there's a, a trade being worked. Maybe there's, uh, you know, the, the decisions are being made on some of these young guys. Uh, what's your sense of what could happen tonight before 8 o'clock uh, as we're, we're looking ahead to this non-tender deadline? Yeah, Joe, I mean, uh, like you said, there's nine uh, players uh, eligible for uh, arbitration, and they, you know, they have to be offered contracts. You know, I would think uh, they might do some deals. You know, Luke Maley is one of them. Uh, you know, m- perhaps Maley, you know, is non-tendered or perhaps, you know, they give him an opportunity of signing a one-year deal now, today, uh, like a make it or take, a make it or, or leave it kind of proposition. If not, then he becomes a free agent. Um, you know, so I think, uh, you know, they'll, they'll go through a lot of those. You know, Ahmed Rosario is an interesting case. Uh is he uh, a, a, a multi-year deal candidate? Could could they you know start work on that? Uh, you know by offering him a contract and then kind of build on that and maybe you know get, offer him a two or three or four year deal. You know sometime in in spring training. You know that that would be you know come to fruition in spring training. Uh, Naylor, uh, Josh Naylor is another interesting case. You know I, I'm sure they'll offer him arbitration. I mean, a, a contract, but, you know, uh, you know, just th- th- you can go down the list. It's and it's kind of a, you know, a situation where, you know, you, can you can you create, you know, openings on your roster by maybe uh, non tendering a guy, making him a free agent by not and, and still, you know, keep the integrity of your roster intact where, where you're not hurting it too much. Is uh, maybe a guy like a Cal Quantrill, a guy who they could you know, get a, a surprise deal done with on a, on a multi-year thing to cover some, uh, some of his ar- arbitration years. Is that a guy who, who figures maybe he could, he could fit in the the plans here, uh, for, for a few years down the road? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Uh, we'll have to see how, you know, Quantrill, uh, certainly has had, you know, really two, you know, really kind of breakout seasons for, for Cleveland, uh, last, this past season, what he led the rotation going 15 and five, 32 starts, 186 innings, uh, you know, just had a, you know, kind of an outstanding year. Uh, you know, w- would he be willing to do that? You know, that's, you know, we're, you know, I, I think they're, they, they've they had a kind of a tough time selling that 
to uh, you know certain pitchers, starting pitchers especially. You know, I don't know if they're following the Shane Bieber's lead or not, but uh, you know that that that's that would be uh, you know that would be something I think they would definitely have an interest in. You know, he's he's young, he's you know he's durable, you know he's really kind of you know a great. I, I don't know if he's a, a lead dog starter, but he's certainly you know a two or three and a, a stabilizer in, in a rotation. Yeah, he's a he's an innings eater for sure, and that's uh that's sort of what you want to look at a, a guy who you can help to to build up that rotation and and fill it out uh, certainly. Yeah, really, uh, just the that indication from uh, from the club that you know something might be afoot here, uh, whether it's a, a, a you know some sort of big trade or uh, you know announcement on some some multi year uh, extensions or anything like that. Uh, I think all of that is in play here uh, before eight o'clock. We'll uh, we'll find out what is going to happen, and uh, it 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 could go a long way to sort of indicate uh, what the next couple of months are going to look like for the Guardians as they get deeper and deeper into to free agency and to see where the the holes that they need to fill are going to be. Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's we're going to see an earth, earth, anything earth shattering here. But you know, I think you know, we, you know, we saw it earlier in the week when uh, you know they added three players to the forty man. You know, made a couple trades with what Nolan Jones. Uh, uh, they traded another guy. Who was the other guy they traded? Uh, Nolan uh, Jones. Vargas, Carlos Vargas. Yeah, Carlos Vargas. So that it could be, you know, kind of just, you know, kind of just, you know. Not not doing some deals on the margin to uh, you know get the rotation get the uh, roster where they are in uh, you know in, in preparation for the winter meetings and you know and and the, kind of the trading season and and how to improve it so maybe you know this this is you know just the first first of many steps here yeah first of many uh, I, I I think the and and as far as dealing top prospects or, or dealing away guys around the 40 man right now uh going to trust in what Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff have done on their track record uh in in the past uh and 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 just sort of see where this takes them over the next couple of uh week uh, days and weeks here uh we'll we'll definitely be monitoring that i brought this up a little bit ago but uh the possibility that that Twitter uh, could be shut down over the weekend. Uh, I, I believe uh, with the change in ownership, the uh, the company is sort of the the future of the company is in doubt, uh, as a lot of people were were sort of uh, let go uh, yesterday. Um, if if Twitter goes away, are you going to be disappointed? Is Major League Baseball going to be disappointed? Uh, I mean, this is has has come to uh, you know be sort of a, a big way that we communicate within our job and 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 communicate you know what we learn and what we've written and 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 what we do uh it's it's a good way to get information out there pretty quickly uh are are you and is baseball going to miss twitter if it goes away yeah i mean it has become you know an integral part of uh, doing our job and uh you know keeping track of what's happening in the industry uh you know i don't know if there's anything as as you know, kind of fluid. If there's another you know platform as fluid as uh, as as Twitter and as quick as Twitter, you know, uh, so it yeah, it would. I think it would. Uh, I, I don't know. There's some aspects of uh, Twitter that you won't miss if it goes away, but certainly, 
the immediacy of it would would be missed, I think, by by reporters who you know are kind of out there to get the jump on it, to be the first on Twitter to uh, announce a trade or a signing, you know, or you know a roster move. Uh, you know, it's it's become kind of a competition, and uh, you know, I think uh, in in some ways it's it's detracted from journalism. You know, forty four characters. You know, it's it's hard to uh, tell the whole story in, oh, in a short on, tweet. Honey, they haven't been at 44 characters in years. <laughs> it's 280 characters now. Well, Come on. Whatever it is. <laughs> uh, but but you're right. I, I think, you know, I won't I won't be sick of uh, I won't miss the, the national uh, guys whose agents are, are the same as some of the players, you know, getting the scoop and getting the jump on some of these big trades. And and uh, leaving a lot of the local guys who uh, who who maybe don't have those connections, uh, sort of holding the bag there when it comes to these these big trades and these big free agent signings and moves. Uh, it, it it it's it it's kind of crummy when you you have to hear about it uh, on Twitter first and then get the uh, the information from the club. Yeah, that's that's uh, you know that's always been a thorn in the side, and it just makes you you know you you, you realize you have to work harder at it, and uh, you know it's just another aspect of the job that you know 20, 15, 20 years ago didn't did not exist, and uh, it's made the job more competitive, and uh, it definitely uh, you know keeps you up at night, and uh, it's you know it's like a twenty four seven thing right now, and. So, you know, that aspect, I don't know, Joe, I don't, if Twitter goes away, something else will take its place. So I don't think that aspect of the job is ever going to go away again. Yeah. Hoinsey, I've been around since 44 characters. I think that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's survived so much. All right. Uh, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap up, uh, this week on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. Uh, lots to look forward to over the weekend. We'll wrap up the, uh, non-tender, uh, situation on monday and uh we'll be back at it uh here on the cleveland baseball talk podcast we'll talk to you again all right joe